every person listening to us is fully worthy. Like we are born fully enough and fully worthy of love and born exactly as we are. And there is nothing you can do to not be. Hi guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the Kathy Heller Podcast. So Jamie Kern Lima is back on the show today and this is such a powerful conversation. She's extremely vulnerable in this conversation and I think that you guys are just going to appreciate what she has to say, not only because it's really generous of her to be so honest, but I think also because you're going to relate and I think this conversation is the kind of conversation that women should be having more often. But before we get into that, I want to let you know that next week, I'm doing a pop-up workshop called The Five Things You Need to Know to Have a Winning Podcast. So if you've been curious about having a podcast, if you want to spend some time with me and learn a little bit of what helped me to create the show, what helped me to create over 40 million downloads, how this show became a multi-million dollar business, you can join us for this workshop. You can register at kathyheller.com slash workshop. This is going to be on March 13th at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And if you register, you will get the replay. So if you want to know anything about podcasting, come to this workshop. So for today's episode, as I said, Jamie Kern Lima is back. She's the founder of It Cosmetics. She's a New York Times bestselling author, investor, speaker, and philanthropist. And she's made it her life's work to inspire and elevate women. If you haven't heard her previous episodes on the podcast, she went from being a waitress at Denny's to starting her company in her living room getting so many rejections and then growing it to the largest luxury makeup brand in the country, which she then sold to L'Oreal in a billion dollar deal. Billion with a B. Last time she was on the podcast, we talked about her book called Believe It. But this time she's telling us all about her new book, which is called Worthy, How to Believe You Are Enough and Transform Your Life. This is a guide on how you can believe in yourself, stop doubting your greatness, build unshakable self-worth, embrace who you are and transform your entire life. This is a topic that's very much on my heart. This is something that comes up all the time when I'm coaching. So I'm really glad that she wrote a book about it. And you might want to just go get yourself a copy. Jamie is such an incredible soul. She's donating 100% of her author proceeds for the book and her last book as well. So that's all the more reason to go buy it. She is really extraordinary. And I'm always in awe of the amount of humility that she has, even with accomplishing so much. I'm proud of her for putting this out in the world. And I know that it's going to be really helpful for a lot of you. So without further ado, please welcome the remarkable Jamie Kern Lima. Jamie, I'm so happy that you're back. You have so much love to give. You just keep pouring into women. You're so generous. And I'm so, so excited about what this new book is about. It's literally what I was just talking to my team about this morning. It's my new sort of endeavor for 2024 is really about giving myself permission to fully step into what it means to have self-worth like in the biggest way. So this book worthy, how to believe you are enough and transform your life. What made you feel like you had to write this book? I truly believed so many what I realized were lies my whole life. I thought if I achieved enough, then I would feel enough. Yeah. And if I made enough people happy, please enough people, then I'll be enough. And 
I spent most of my life having really big goals and dreams and manifesting things and all that. And I had a huge realization in my life about three years ago after kind of getting a lot of the things I thought would finally make me feel enough. I realized that there is a massive difference between self-confidence and self-worth. And I realized that my whole life, I did not know that there was a big difference and that most of the things I've been going after, hoping that I would arrive at that destination of feeling fulfilled or happy or enough that, that I'd finally feel that way. And, and what I learned is that in our life, we don't become what we want. We actually become what we believe we're worthy of. Mm-hmm. And underneath all of it, whether it's in our relationships, our ambitions, our goals, our dreams, our career, every area of our life, our self-worth is our ceiling. And that we can build all the self-confidence in the world, which is important, and be growing and contributing and doing all those things, but that those are all multiplied by our level of self-worth to get our level of fulfillment. And so right now, what's wild is like, as we're talking, 80% of women don't believe they're enough. 75% of female executives dealt with imposter syndrome. 91% of girls and women don't love their bodies. 73% of men feel inadequate. And when we fundamentally believe we're not enough as a human being, it's a lie and it affects every aspect of our life. So I wrote Worthy for every person out there who maybe even is crushing it by the world's definition of success, but underneath feels like something's missing or like they're not enough. And this is really a book about, you know, my first book, Believe It, was kind of my story. This is a book about, oh my gosh, that, you know, there's over 20 tools in here on how to unlearn those lies that lead to self-doubt and sort of ignite the truths that wake up worthiness. Because when you really learn to believe you are worthy as you are, which again is so different than confident, it literally not only accelerates your ambition, but it actually is the only recipe to be able to feel fulfilled while you're pursuing all the stuff. It's the kind of thing that we need to be talking about at all times. And that's why it makes a lot of sense that this book will just continue to be relevant because I had Dr. Rick Hansen on the show about a year ago, and he was telling me this Tibetan proverb about these ghosts with these unsatiable bellies and how that is the definition of the hell realm in Buddhism, that it's never enough. You are never satisfied. And I think so often, as you said, we put our ladder on this wall toward achieving and then there's never an end to the ladder just keeps going taller and then there's not a feeling of full and whole and complete and being able to feel ease and like you can rest and put your feet on the ottoman and say this feels right and good and i am here arriving in this moment with full satisfaction for what is it is really He's right. That is like the definition of a feeling of like this constant craving is not what we want. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people worry, well, I feel worthy as I am. Will I lose my ambition? Will I lose my edge? It's like, oh, no, actually, when you feel so worthy as you are and you feel enough as you are, you realize all the stuff on the outside, it can't shake your worth. 
So you actually become more ambitious because you realize, oh, if I go for the things and I fail and fall flat on my face and I'm embarrassed, it might shake my confidence a little bit, but it cannot touch my self-worth. And the reason this is so important is, you know, for anybody listening right now who is going after the things and putting themselves out there and whether it's their art or their ideas or the expression of who they are out there or they're really ambitious in their career goals or whatever it might be. They're working so hard to get the six-pack abs. Whatever it might be, if you do not have strong underlying self-worth, you can continue to hit milestone after milestone after milestone and you will look back in your life and go, I never was able to enjoy it I never felt fulfillment. It never felt enough because it is that never ending cycle. And I realized this the hard way in my life. And I realized how much of my life might have looked really, really great on the outside, but it was never actually able to enjoy it while it was happening. And I still never felt enough through it. And so a lot of people think self-confidence and self-worth are the same thing. And I thought that most of my life. But, you know, self-confidence is, while it's internal, an internal trait, it's so much based on what's happening on the outside, right? For anyone who's wondering, well, what's the difference? Why should I care? Oh, this might be, for me, this was like that brain explosion emoji moment in my life when I realized they are so different. And I started becoming obsessed with understanding self-worth. Self-confidence, while it's internal, it's based so much on the external, on right. your own assessment, right? Of your skills and abilities, your willingness to try and go for it, how much of the world definition of success you have, if you feel like you're winning or losing at any moment, how you feel you compare to others, if you keep the promises you make to yourself. They do the, the studies that show that like the boxer who wins the match is automatically 30% more confident. So our confidence fluctuates. It's volatile. It's fragile. Whereas our self-worth is that deep identity level, internal knowing that we are worthy of love and belonging exactly as we are, not as we achieve, not as our past mistakes or failures, like just innately is who we are. And from the time where so many of us are, are little kids, we grow up seeing so many advertisements that tell us, once you get that thing, then you'll be happy and you'll be enough. And you know, we work really, really hard for those things. And like for anyone listening to us right now, if you imagine like a goal that maybe you had in your life and that you really wanted to manifest and it was on your vision board, maybe it was getting married or having kids or the white picket fence or the dream car or a certain level in your bank account, and whatever it might be. And then you worked so hard for that thing. And when you finally got it, you thought it would bring you all the fulfillment and you finally feel enough. And for so many of us, we arrive at that thing and then we're like, we're super ecstatic for a few months or a few weeks or a few hours. And before we know it, we're back to that feeling of like, why does it feel like something's missing? Why do I feel like I'm not enough? So our solution is we work harder. We then think, I just got to level up. I got to the next level. And it's this never ending cycle because in that pursuit, we've built self-confidence, which is really important. Like we've been often growing, which again, really important. We've been a lot of times contributing to something beyond ourselves and to others, super important, but we have not built any self-worth through that journey, which is so different. So it's really, um, it's the one thing that changes everything. And if there's anyone listening that's like, well, how do I know 
if I struggle with self-worth, there's three ways typically that it can show up in our life. So if you are someone with really like low levels of self-worth, and by the way, I've been in the spot most of my life, even the times that on the outside, it looked like I had a lot of success and I must be so confident. But if you have low self-worth, you could be crushing it everywhere. But what it looks like often is you are stuck in certain areas. You know you have a book inside of you and you don't know why you haven't taken that next step. Or you're stuck when you really want a partner in life, but you're like not getting on the dating app. Or any number of situations where you have art and ideas to put out in the world and maybe you're crushing it in your job, but you're just not sharing that idea and that could transform an industry. Like you're stuck and you think it's because of all these reasons. Oh, I need more experience or I need all the excuses that we tell ourselves. But often we're stuck because we don't believe we're actually worthy of the thing deep down inside. So if we have low self-worth, that often looks like we're stuck. If we are medium self-worth, what that often looks like is we go for the thing, we go after it, but then we sabotage it along the way. We go for the thing, but we hit a ceiling because again, our self-worth is our ceiling. So it might look like, oh, we really want a seven-figure business, but we keep hitting a ceiling at six-figure. Or I wrote the whole book and it's ready and I just am not going to send it to publishers. Or I met a, a potential amazing partner and I put them in the friend zone and I can't figure out why I'm just not into them. It means we will sabotage things. I've heard it said this way, we can't out-succeed our level of self-worth. And so that's kind of what medium self-worth looks like. And then hot, medium to high self-worth, which a lot of us have had or do have right now, what that looks like is, oh, I'm going for it. I'm crushing it. I'm achieving the thing. But every time I finally get it, I still feel like something's missing. I still deep down inside don't feel enough. And we're not able to feel fulfillment in our lives. So for me, Three years ago, I didn't even understand the difference between these two. And I was in a season in my life where everything was going so well, like on the outside. And I had this huge lifelong dream happen and I sabotaged the whole thing. And I didn't understand why, even though everything on the outside looked so amazing and I, I felt so confident and I realized it's because underneath it, I didn't feel worthy. And so I've kind of been obsessed with understanding the difference and then how to truly build self-worth. Ever since, it's really why I wrote the book Worthy, which I'm donating 100% of the proceeds. It's literally, I feel like the things we go through in life that we become so passionate about are the things that become part of our purpose, you know, and helping ourselves and, and anyone we can make it through those things. And self-worth is just that one thing. I love that you were just talking with your team about it this morning and that it's such a big part of your 2024 because it's the one thing that can change everything in our lives. Yeah, I feel like, it is like medicine and it is like a, a healing ointment, every word. And I feel like I'm looking in a mirror and it's a radically shocking mirror that wakes you up to what you've been denying that you knew it's an inconvenient thing to know. And yet it's also a really like beautiful breakthrough. There's some feeling of satisfaction and integrity just by owning any part of this for me that feels true. And I've been on this journey big time since July. And we moved into this next house. And 
I was like, all I want is like a cat and a book and a fireplace. Like, I don't need whatever this feeling is that I thought was going to come inside of this moment. It was the opposite because it was, it was very obvious that I externalized again this feeling of self inside of this next accomplishment. And so I had my first series of panic attacks in a row. And I was like, what is this feeling? Like, this is big. This is important. And I started to really peel back the layers and look at how much I've been over-functioning my whole life and how there's so much in what you're saying that I just basically have been looking at. And what does it really mean if you have checked these boxes, but the quality of your well-being, your quality of life, if that doesn't really feel like it sings you awake and you have that feeling, but yet every day you have a lot to do and you are totally depleted and everyone told you you are a boss and crushing it, there's something wrong, right? There's something wrong. So it's so like you to be this I said generous because you're very willing to be bold and vulnerable and have real strong conversations. And I'm so grateful that you are. When it comes to what you talk about in the book, I mean, you talk about a bunch of really important tools and ideas and helpful insights. So one of the things that's at the beginning of the book is really like, okay, well, how do you build self-love, right? Like if this is the problem we're identifying and the solution is over here, how do we actually do you feel like we can lean into that feeling and what is self-love and what does that look like? And if you've been so uncomfortable with it for so long, how do you get comfortable with it? Yes. The most beautiful part of this, unlike, you know, burning a business book where we have to figure out and learn all of these real strategic things that feel like a foreign language to learn. The most beautiful part that I want everyone to really wrap their head around as I dive into how do you do this is right now, every person listening to us is fully worthy. Like we are born fully enough and fully worthy of love and born exactly as we are. And there is nothing you can do to not be. And there's nothing you can do to lose that. And so what's really cool about this journey of learning to feel enough to love ourselves, to embrace our worthiness, is that it's really a journey of unlearning. So it's not really a journey of learning and it's very different. It's like, oh, you already have it fully. So it's just a journey of unlearning all these lies that lead to self-doubt and to that feeling of I'm not enough and really waking up those truths that build worthiness. And so, yeah, and worthy, there's over 20 tools on like, how do you do this, Right. And how do you apply these tools to your life right now? And, you know, there's a bunch of self-worth shortcuts because a lot of us have learned to really only see the worst in ourselves and to really believe that we're just not enough. So when you talk about, I just need a book and a cat and a couch, you know, for most of my life, I feel that way. Sometimes I'll even be really vulnerable. I, I know I just want to snuggle my baby girl or my puppy dog in a blanket. And then there's this part of this lie I've believed that says, oh, but I'm not enough if that's all I'm doing. And I need to somehow measure up to all of these things I know I can do for me to feel fulfilled. And 
it's a complete lie. And the more that we are able to embrace that I am fully enough with my cat and my book and my couch, what's wild is the more fearless, again, we become with going after our ambitions. We know that our enoughness isn't dependent on them. And so one of the big lies I go into that is, I think maybe would be helpful to share in real time on this episode that someone could apply to their life right now is, so there's a chapter that actually was its own book, but I did not want to wait two years for it to come out afterwardly. So it's now the largest chapter in the book and it's chapter two. And it is called When You Change Your Relationship with Rejection, You Change Your Entire Life. And what's really tricky here is for so many of us, when we have had past rejections or failures, and this can be in relationships, it could be in people that we felt rejected by, who didn't love us the way we needed to be loved. It could be in all kinds of things in our present life. But with rejection and failure, when it happens, it instantaneously affects our confidence because it's an external thing. But a lot of us have let it take root, especially past ones at an identity level where because of how many rejections we've gone through or how many times we've failed, we start to think I'm a failure or I'm a reject. And that's when it starts to take root in our self-worth. And so one of the tools that I think is so powerful, and I, in the book I call it or ours, there's a whole framework that you go to, but it is literally changing the meaning you assign to your rejection and failure and helping to sort of heal or remove that label of identity that so many of us have placed in ourselves. And a lot of people realize like that they've been walking around carrying that identity label for a very long time. And this affects men and women equally, by the way. And this is, this is a big thing, but. And the book, I call it the four R's. And just to kind of set it up, you know, as human beings, we're, we're wired to avoid pain at all costs. It's why a lot of us know that if we go to the gym every day, we're going to feel really good. We're going to be healthy. But the pain of working out is going to be what trumps everything. And so we don't go. And we're literally wired to avoid pain, which helped us survive for a long time. And But now when you think of everything in life as then meaningly attached to it. For so many of us, we attach so much pain to the fear of failure and rejection or the story we're telling ourselves about it from our past, that it literally takes root in our identity, but also keeps us stuck as well. And so just to like throw this out there, I'll go through the four R's really quickly. So everyone can do this and literally implement this in your in your life right now. And I go way deeper and worthy into how to do this into the book with the whole framework. But the first R is called reveal. And so just to ask in real time for everyone listening to us and for you and me, imagine, imagine yourself and don't overthink it. Just be honest with the first thing that comes to your mind. Imagine a scenario in your life where you're getting rejected or you fail at something. Imagine being rejected or failing at something. And what is the first thought you have? without even realizing, like, what is the first thing you think to yourself when you get rejected or you fail at something? What is it for you, Kathy? What is it for me if I fail at something? Ugh. Or, get, or get rejected? I'm, like, I'm not going to do anything after this. I'm not going to even try. I don't know. Yeah. Try overwhelmed. Why bother? Mm-hmm. Just pack it all up. <laughs> I don't know. Pack it all up. For me, most of my life, it's been like, yep, there's proof I'm not enough. 
almost every time get rejected or failure. Like, yep, there's proof I'm not enough. I've asked this question a few times in, in groups and it is shocking, whether it's a group of CEOs or all different types of groups, then it doesn't even matter. The answers that come out, oh my goodness, right? For a lot of people, it's like, oh, I'm so stupid or why did I even try? I'm such a failure. Who do I think I am? That kind of thing, right? These just painful. So for everyone listening to us now, that answer that we had, that first thing we thought when we think of getting rejected or failing, write that down, everyone at home. <laughs> if you can, type it out, text it to yourself. That is your current definition of rejection or failure. So that is the meaning you're assigning to rejection or failure when it happens. And a lot of times we don't realize we're doing it. And for so many of us, that meaning is so painful. We want to avoid that at all costs. So we stay stuck or we stay in the habit pattern we're in or any of the other things. And there was this moment where out of necessity, when I was building at Cosmetics, we had rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection. It was years of rejection. And I remember one day after a particularly painful rejection, I was crying under my covers and I just Googled every person that I admired most who had either launched an incredible business or who had moved humanity forward or changed the world in some way. And I realized like, oh my gosh, every single one of them has had so many rejections and failures. They're just the brave ones willing to go for it anyways. Right. And I remember that day I wrote out like rejection does not mean I'm not enough. It means like, this is a victory. I just got rejected. This is a victory. It means I'm one of the brave ones willing to go for it. I'm not going right. to sit on the sidelines of life. I'm going to put myself and my truth out there. And, and I basically made the decision that day to redefine, which is the second R. To re so the first R is reveal. We all just revealed our current definition of rejection. The second R is to redefine. And that day I wrote out that new definition. And here's the key. It has to be true. You have to believe this new definition is true at your core. And I wrote out, you know, rejection is a victory. It means I'm one of the brave ones willing to keep going for it. And another one I wrote out, rejection is God's protection. And there are these definitions I believe are true. And what I started doing, because a lot of people are like, how did you build this company and go through so many rejections? And most people find them so painful that we give up or we quit. And one of the things was this tool, which was learning to redefine rejection. I literally, every time it would happen, my old neural pathways would go right to like, oh, yep, there, you're, you're not enough. You're not enough. I'd, I'd intercept them, replace it, reframe it instantly with like, oh, I just got rejected again. This is a victory. I'm one of the brave ones or, or rejection God's protection. I don't know what this means. I don't know yet, but I'm, I'm going to make the decision to trust that in my soul. And then, you know, over time, it's always true, right? We look back and we're like, oh, thank God that investor didn't invest because right. I would have to change who I am. And then the third R is my favorite because it's the most powerful in terms of how you can shift and start building self-worth right away. And the third R is called revisit. And this is about how to revisit past rejections or failures or mistakes or setbacks that for so many of us have let take root at an identity level to the point where we think we're a failure or a mistake. And you revisit them. And then you reveal what meaning am I signing those? 
because a lot of us aren't even aware. And then we assign a new meaning to it and really believe it. And so, you know, for me, and I was adopted and most of my life, my parents who raised me, amazing. They worked a lot. And so I've always kind of felt abandoned. And I kind of told myself I'm abandoned or unwanted or rejected. And I apply this tool in my, my own personal life because when we have those beliefs about our identity, they come out in lots of often unhealthy ways. And so I did this whole framework and replaced, you know, abandoned with chosen. Oh, it has to be true. We have to believe it in our soul. You can't just replace a positive thing and not believe it. And I believe like, oh, wow, my birth parents were together one time ever. Like God chose me to be conceived. And my birth mom, her life would have been way easier had she given me up. And the people around her or had she had an abortion. And, and you know, some people had even encouraged that. And, and she chose to have me. And my parents who adopted me chose to raise me. And so I replaced that with like, oh, I'm chosen. And I think probably my most favorite one that maybe someone could apply to their life today that I think is the most powerful is so many of us, Kathy, have had somebody not see our value or let us down or pull the rug out from underneath us or no matter what we do, they just do not love us. (laughs) Or it could be, you know, a job we wanted so bad and we don't know why we didn't get it. We were passed up for this or that. We weren't invited to the thing and we don't know why. Whatever it is, I revisit I intentionally revisit all of those things and, and and try to create awareness around what am I still hanging on to? I revisit those and I literally will reassign this new meaning. I imagine, and people can replace this with whatever your belief system is, the universe, whatever speaks to you. But I imagine God saying to me, oh, you weren't rejected. I hold your value from them because they're not assigned to your destiny. And like, I believe that to my core. And so it helps me not let these mm. past things chip away at my identity and my self-worth today. And, and the fourth R is to revel in the fact that you are fearless about rejection and failure and no longer feel like that is you at an identity level. So that's a tool you can apply today. And, and it can really be a lifelong journey because a lot of us hang on to these, these labels and identity level and we let them lie to us about our level of worthiness yeah i mean it's so big all of those pieces and i'm really just honoring the fact that you're willing to take us on this journey and i know you shared some of that and believe it and sharing it so vulnerably is such a messenger for so many other people and so that just says so much about you that you would be so available and open and also have done the work to give us some breadcrumbs and some tools. I guess just in summing up, I'm curious, like right now in day to day in your own life, what is a way that you've changed your day to day so that your worthiness gets a seat at the table? So it's probably the first time in my life, maybe ever, and maybe just this past year that, you know, I'm working harder than I've ever worked. I am so passionate about where the out in the world. And I am just, I believe it's going to change so many lives. So I'm working harder than I've ever worked, but I know how to work hard. But this is the first time I've ever actually like felt fulfillment and am enjoying it. And I am, I'll share this really briefly, but, you know, as a little girl, I always dreamed of meeting Oprah. 
for example, right? Like she was my hero watching her in my living room. And I always, and you and I have this in common where we're so kind of intuitive. I just had, I had this feeling I would meet her, which made no sense because I'm a little girl in a suburb of Washington state and don't know anyone who knows anyone who knows anyone, right? right. And so growing up, and I'm going to cut a very long story short, but I met her and this was after 40 years of dreaming it, manifesting it, all that. Met her, get invited. She invited me to her house for lunch and we sat down and we had a three-hour lunch at her house. And at this moment in time, and, and I'm sharing this because anyone right now who's really trying to understand like, oh, wait, has self-worth issues actually been impacting my life? And at this moment in time, I just sold it cosmetic. And I mean, all the stuff was happening. Keywords, all the, it was like, I was so confident. And I had this great three-hour lunch and everything was great. And at the very end of it, she handed me her cell phone number. And she said, you can call me anytime. Call me anytime. And from that day forward, I didn't call her for almost four years. And in that four-year window, I told myself stories like, oh, I just need to think of the perfect thing to say. Or everyone wants something from her. I'm going to make sure she knows I don't need anything. Like All these stories I told myself until one day, four years later, I realized like, the real reason I didn't call her was because even though I had a lot of self-confidence, like deep down inside, I did not believe I was worthy of being her friend. So I sabotaged it. And that's what unworthiness does, right? We can have all the self-confidence, but if we don't believe we're worthy. And so that was the day that I became, and that was three years ago, that was the day I called her, was when I was like, okay, my soul knows I'm a good friend. Like, you know, whether it's Oprah, anyone else, I'm like, I show up for my friends, like all this stuff. I'm like, I am worthy of being anyone's friend. But our thoughts, our self-doubt, our unworthiness will lie to us and tell us we're not. And when we have low self-worth, we'll sabotage things, right? We'll stay stuck or we'll get them and not enjoy them. So that was the moment I called her. That was the moment that I became obsessed with understanding the difference between self-worth and self-confidence. And, you know, it's really what started the last three years of writing this book on like, how do we believe we're enough? Because when we do, it transforms our whole life. And it's not just Oprah. It's, I have the same self-doubt when I walk into meeting friends for coffee or going to a party or showing up with the honor and blessing of having this conversation with you. My mind is so quick to go, oh, you don't have what it takes. You're not smart enough. You're unworthy. All of those things. Now how my life is different, I intercept them right away. For me, faith is a big deal in my life. And so one of the self-worth shortcuts I love is I go, oh, who am I going to believe? My own thoughts that tell me I'm not enough or God's word that says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I will intercept it and decide in that moment, am I going to trust my thought or am I going to trust God's word? Like there's so many tools I apply now that allow me to actually enjoy this conversation with you because I know it's not about me. I know it's of service and I know, for example, even if God forbid this podcast is a disaster and you're like, Jamie, you suck. This is the worst show ever. This is the first time in my life where I would feel enough. My confidence would be hurt. My feelings would be hurt. I'd probably cry. And I go, gosh, how can I sharpen my skill set to add more value the next time I do a podcast? But I would still feel fully worthy and enough. And I've never been able to say that my entire life outside of maybe at most a year ago. So that's how it's different now. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. 
Well, I just want to share this one thing with you because you've been pouring in and I just want to share this to you because I feel like this will be a beautiful thing to share, which is that my version of that with the phone, first of all, I know it well, but when I was, I think you know part of this, but right after college, I went to Jerusalem for a few weeks and I stayed for three years and I, I learned and stayed and studying the Bible and having the most amazing life, completely changing experience. But the holiest person in my life still, and then was this rabbi and his wife, but he, he would call me. I just gotten a cell phone or he would send me an email, but I wouldn't respond because I didn't feel worthy enough for this relationship. And at one point he was like, wow, it's really hard to get you to pick up the phone and we want to have you over. And I wound up moving in with him and his wife and his seven kids. And I completely like healed in so many ways from the love in that experience. But I said to him once, we were sitting out on the patio overlooking the old city of Jerusalem. And I said, I don't feel like I'm worthy. Like I didn't earn this relationship. I mean, here I was 21. I had nothing going on. Like I didn't have a lot of confidence. I didn't have any achievements. I didn't have any contacts and any money and a platform. I'm not, I was just a kid like who showed up with a backpack, you know, so I said that to him, I don't feel worthy of earning it. And he said, love is not earnable. It's a gift. And then he said when he was dating his wife, he said to her right before he proposed about a week before, why do you love me? And she said, I have no reason to. And he said, what does that mean? And she said, well, if I gave you a reason, it would be the reason I loved. I love you. I choose to. Love is a gift. And he said to me, you know, if God had a refrigerator, your photo would be on his fridge and you can't earn it. Earning love, that's a business. That's not love. And it changed my whole life. I love there so much. And it's so beautiful on so many levels. And my hope, my prayer to you is that everyone realizes what you just said. Like you can't earn love. It's not a business. When we think of that, we often think about from another person. And then with ourselves, we think, oh, but I've got to earn it. I'm not really love if I'm not achieving. I'm not really love if I'm not a size, whatever. I'm not really love if I'm all those things. And we lie to ourselves and think we have to earn it from ourselves. Wow. And that journey of like, how do you unconditionally love yourself? That's the journey. That's what tastes like freedom. That's the journey. And, you know, and you look at all the studies that say that our depth of love and connection with another person can only ever be as deep as our depth and love of, and connection with ourselves. And there's this lie that, oh, self-love is selfish and let me just be good at loving everyone else. And we think we can have this amazing love and connection with one and we just show up for everyone else. And it's an exact mirror of the amount of love and connection unconditionally that we have for ourselves. That's the journey. That is the journey. <laughs> That's the journey. That and I, the journey. I feel it deeply. I'm so grateful for you, for your words, for your insight, for your courage. And everyone needs this book. So tell us where they should go get it. Yeah. So Worthy, it's out. And I'm so excited. Um, you go to worthybook.com and that will kind of send you to all the local bookstores around you, to Target, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever you grab your books. Audible, any of them. And then I met Jamie Krenlima on Instagram and YouTube and all those good things. So thank you, and so thank you much. by the way, 
I'm always so reminded when we talk as a friend, you're so great at helping people see themselves and the beauty and the strength in them. And I always am so mindful and aware of, and this is something that's going through my head anytime. And anytime you share anything about me, the thing that goes through my head is Kathy's able to see and celebrate that part of me because that's in her, thank you know? And I, and I think that just want to honor that as well and say thank you. Thank you. That like brought me to tears. I really appreciate you. And I know that I think since I first met you, you make me feel seen. You are present with who you're with whenever you're with that person because no matter how many miles you've traveled or how much you've done, you are really kind and you really love people and you're always that person. And that's, if anything, is what should give you a big sense of self-worth. It's integrity. The fact that you are so grounded in integrity, that's an amazing legacy. That's what your kids are going to model after. And the other stuff is just like, I see all the cake, you know? So thank you. And I can't wait to just see this book just do such wonders for people. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me too. Of course, of course. To be continued. I always love talking with Jamie. Here are the takeaways. Number one, we don't become what we want. We become what we believe we're worthy of. Number two, when you learn to believe you are worthy, it not only accelerates your ambition, but it actually is the only recipe to be able to feel fulfilled. Number three, once you feel so worthy and enough as you are, you realize that nothing on the outside can shake your worth. Number four, our self-worth is that deep identity level, internal knowing that we are worthy of love and belonging exactly as we are, not as we achieve, not as our past mistakes or failures. It's just innately as who we are. Number five, every person is fully worthy. We are born fully enough and fully worthy of love and belonging. There's nothing you can do to lose that. Number six, rejection doesn't mean that you're not enough. It's also a victory. It means you're one of the brave ones willing to go for it. When you change your relationship with rejection, you change your entire life. And number seven, you can't earn love. It's not a business. Being able to unconditionally love yourself is what tastes like freedom. That's the journey. All right, well, now I want to give a shout out to the alumni for my podcast course. Let's give it up for Penny Fitzgerald and her podcast, Penny for Your Thoughts. Julie Hess podcast, Unabridge You. Carolee Garrison's podcast, Seeking Sunshine and Podcast Like a Mother. Oh my gosh, two podcasts. That's incredible. And Nicole Sharanam's podcast, Connectedly. You should be so proud of yourself. These are such amazing women. It took so much courage and they just put their voice out there. And I have no doubt that they're helping people who need to hear it. If you want to listen to their shows, we'll put the links in the show notes. I want to say thank you so much for being here because there's so much that you could be doing and you're here. And I really appreciate that. We have so many good conversations coming up. So please follow along on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, wherever you're listening. And if you're getting something valuable out of this, then go leave us a review. If you feel like this episode was inspiring and helpful, then share it with one person, email them the link or post the link in your Instagram or text one person. And lastly, if you want to join me next week for our workshop on what are the five steps to take to create a winning podcast, you can go to kathyheller.com slash workshop to register. It's going to be March 13th and I'm really excited about it. I love you. I'll leave you with a song of mine. Have an amazing week.